0: Welcome to FitSpeak, the Fraser Valley's fitness, wellness, and endurance sports podcast. I'm Kevin Hines. We're brought to you by Wenting's Cycle and Mission. Here's your Wenting's Word of the Week. It is 105. Mention that word to Bruce or any staff member the next time you are at Wenting's, and you'll win a prize. It's just that easy. Once again, your Wenting's Word of the Week is 105. We're also brought to you by TriJoy, the spirit of multisport. With the race season on hold, it's time to experiment and work on your weaknesses. Need more sprinting speed? Need more climbing power? Need more running endurance? At TriJoy, we're here to help. We can discuss your current fitness, create some specific goals, and design a plan to achieve them. It's TriJoy, the spirit of multisport. On our program today, Abbotsford Triathlon Club coach Mikey Ross will be checking in for another edition of his top five list. He'll be giving us some perspective on the big things in life, racing, and training. That'll be coming up a little bit later on in the show. Program number 105 with 55 minutes of summer-loving, sweat-tastic fit begins right now. And welcome again to another edition of Fitspeak, the Fraser Valley's fitness, wellness, and endurance sports podcast. I'm Kevin Hines. As we go back into the world of triathlon, and speaking of going back, we're going kind of like way back in a time machine, a person who's been on the Canadian triathlon scene as an athlete, as a race announcer, and uh, for quite a spell now, the editor for Triathlon Magazine Canada. Welcome to Fitspeak, Kevin McKinney. Kinnan. Hey, thanks so much, Kevin. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time to talk to us on what it sounds like is a, a beautiful afternoon in southern Ontario.
1: Yes, we are uh, enjoying some beautiful sunshine and uh, temperatures are definitely uh, getting warm.
0: And are folks swimming in the lakes there already?
1: Uh, there are a few people who um, have been hitting the water. It's uh, still it's still cool, but it's um, we're getting close. So I, I think lots of folks are looking forward to finally being able to do some swimming at long last. I'm yeah. um, really not sure what's going to happen in the way of pools here in Ontario. So um, I think open water is going to be uh, our only option uh, yeah. for much of the summer. So I think people are really looking forward to uh, getting back to the water.
0: Yeah, I think uh, all of our, you know, we've been forced to become uh, do athletes over the past about three months. So for those folks who, who do like to do that, uh, swim in the water they're going to be uh happy to jump back in whether it's a lake or river or uh, in some cases uh out in the ocean i guess um let's uh let's talk about you a little bit now you're one of these folks who's been around the world longer than there's been a sport called triathlon so uh where was home originally for you kevin
1: oh oh my goodness uh This could take a while. I'm glad you've got uh, eight or 10 hours for this podcast. (laughs) Um, All right. I I will try and give you uh, the version as quickly as possible. So I was born in Montreal um, when I was uh, 10 years old. We moved uh, to South Africa. We lived there for five years, uh, lived in Iran for three years, lived in Greece for three years. Um, along the way, I went to boarding school in Quebec. I went to uh, boarding school in England for a while at Rugby school where C Webb Ellis first picked up the ball and ran. Um, eventually I uh, ended up at Queens. I ran at, uh, ran at Queens uh, and then you know and that's where I, I got into triathlon when I was living in Kingston and uh, mixed into all of that, I spent a lot of time uh, playing tennis down in, uh, down in Vermont. So uh, other than that, I've just uh, been in one place most of my life. So why the reason for moving around so much? Uh, So my dad worked for Pfizer, a pharmaceutical company, and he was a troubleshooter for them. So he was uh, very good at going into a country where they weren't making as much money as they thought they should be. And he could start right from the bottom he would go like his background was as a chemist and Mm. he'd then worked his way up through the business end of things so he could literally start in the lab and then work his way through the entire company and uh, streamline things and uh, Pfizer loved him they Mm. uh, they made lots of money in in a bunch of different countries uh, while he was doing that stuff for them.
0: And that company uh, continues to do uh, phenomenally well in that pharmaceutical business
1: Oh yeah! <laughs> Can you say Viagra, we were yeah, yeah. my dad had left the company by the time Viagra came along, so uh, <laughs> before things got really huge. But yeah, uh, yeah no, we it was uh, yeah it was a, it was a crazy way to grow up. Mm. Um, you know, certainly uh, lived in some uh, some pretty nutty places, but uh, I think that's where uh, you know I got uh, I gained a love of travel and and seeing different parts of the world. So. Um, I was really fortunate that I was able to Uh, get myself into a career where I was able to continue doing that
0: yeah and if anybody checks your uh, Facebook account it's like find Kevin this week whether it's uh, (laughs) you know on that island of Lanzarote or somewhere in Europe or down in Thailand covering a race or yeah you certainly have been able to uh, travel the world and do something you've uh, you've been loving for decades now
1: yeah, absolutely. It, you know, I, I, no complaints uh, for me in terms of the career. It, you know, obviously there's challenges and it's hard. And, uh, you know, I'm very lucky that uh, I'm married to uh, to a saint who, uh, you know, was able to um, do so much. Like we have three very active or very, you know, had very, three very active children who all competed at a national or international uh, level in four different sports. So um, it was it was kind of crazy, uh, yeah. but we uh,
0: managed to managed to make it all work. Mm-hmm. That's that's a pretty. Uh deep gene pool you've got there between your and you, you yourself and your wife and uh so i know that one of your sons who writes for the magazine was um on our cycling team uh, tell us about your other kids
1: uh yeah so sean was uh sean writes for the magazine he writes for both triathlon magazine canada does a little bit of stuff for the cycling magazine mm-hmm. um yeah he was uh you know he won two bronze medals at the pan and games in uh Individual uh, time trial and uh, team pursuit uh, represented Canada for many years on, on the roads and, and on the track. Um, our youngest son, Ian, mm-hmm. was a member of the uh, triathlon, uh, the youth development program in triathlon for for many years before he chose to focus on swimming. Um, and he won a you know a couple of bronze medals at the Pan Pacific Games as wow. a, as a junior and represented both the University of Toronto and McMaster, uh, on the swim team. And, uh, you know, it was still a frighteningly talented, uh, uh, triathlete. And then my daughter, um, was also, you know, very talented as a triathlete. All three of them started as triathletes. Uh, my daughter was second at the uh, Ontario games, um, when she uh, raced there and, uh, you know, did very well on the tri front before focusing on running and ended up, uh, running for McMaster was the captain of the cross country and track team there for all all of her or most of her years while uh, running at Mac.
0: Wow. What a a gratifying experience as as a father and as a a parent, uh, seeing, uh, you know, your kids not only just dabbling in the sport, but really uh, enjoying a lot of success and perhaps uh, offsetting some of the costs of higher education.
1: Yes, absolutely. Uh, You know, really exciting to, um, to see that and uh yeah I, you know we my wife and i sort of joked they didn't they didn't stand a chance for not going that way you know my wife um was one of uh four athletes that i uh, that i coached that went to the olympic trials in 1992 In 92, uh, she yeah. was an 800 meter runner and um you know after after the kids were born uh she had done some tries and then got back into triathlon uh was the world champion in the sprint distance at um the world's in Vancouver oh I should know think 2009 but don't uh, hold it against me if it was 2008 um and uh has since uh, gone on to race a number of Ironman she's gone to Kona a couple of times wow. won her age group in uh, Lanzarote and um all kinds of fun stuff so yeah they, the kids grew up in a nutty uh nutty household and um so it wasn't too surprising I guess to see them follow uh follow that the route that they
0: did absolutely so you must be uh well it's coming up a uh, father's day You're, you've got to be a pretty proud papa because of all that success and and the fact that your your wife is excelling in the sport has got to be you know uh a, a great uh feather in your cap and uh in addition to your relationship
1: oh yeah absolutely i don't know about feather in my cap but uh, yeah certainly mm-hmm. uh, very exciting and um yeah, I'm a nauseatingly proud parent, no two ways around that. And just have to look at my Facebook page uh, for, (laughs) for that. But um, yeah, no, it's, it's been, it's been really exciting. And, and I think what, what is great is that um, I'd like to think uh, for, for the kids uh, you know, one of the things that's been awesome for them is both my wife and I have had our, our own competitive, you know, I had my triathlon career and running career and tennis stuff and, and, um, she's had her own deals. So, um, you know, for us, we know how hard this whole thing is. Uh-huh. And, and so, um, you know, for us, we've always been, Hey, we're, we're here to support, we'll do everything we possibly can for you, but, um, this is your gig. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. all of their success, uh, you know, it, it, it's them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's, what's pretty cool.
0: So uh, specifically, Kevin, when when did you kind of like uh, discover the sport of triathlon? So, um,
1: 1985. I was um, uh, back in those days. I was at Queens. I was uh, um, a tr- cross country and track runner. Um, we were. I was part of a really uh, amazing track and or yeah, I guess track and field, but cross country program at Queens. We won nationals three out of the four years that I, that I ran, um, at Queens. And, um, I was, uh, my, my track event was steeplechase and oh, wow. I was sure enough I'd, I'd already made the standard for the uh, Canada games. So, um, I just needed to, you know, uh, have a good race at the, at the trials and, and that was going to be my big race in 85. And I, uh, was, doing a really hard track workout on that good old square track. We used to have a a track with 90 degrees, 90 degree corners at Queens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was hammering around that and, and, uh, ended up breaking the talus bone in my foot.
0: Wow. Um,
1: and this was in February and unfortunately we didn't know, like they kept thinking it was just tendonitis. Mm -hmm. And so for three months they kept telling me like, this is just tendonitis and, I would try and run on it and and just be in excru- an excruciating pain. So I had organized to do a training camp uh, down in California with um, a friend of mine named Andrew McNaughton. And uh, Andrew uh, and I went to high school together, and he had got into triathlon a few years before down oh. in LA. Okay. Um, and uh, so. Uh, Andrew, actually, uh, his claim to fame is he's the first person to ever win a triathlon on aero bars. Oh, really? So um, uh, Boone Lennon had sent uh, he and um, Brad Kearns some of the uh, the Scott DH bars, mm-hmm. and uh, Brad Kearns won uh, won the um, Desert Princess Duathlon, I think they even called it a biathlon back then, yeah, over an, Kenny Souza. Oh, over uh, um, in
0: Palm Palm Desert, yeah
1: yes and uh and then andrew uh took the took the bars down to the crawfish man in louisiana <laughs> and beat mike pig
0: oh wow um, that's some
1: heavy hitters there absolutely so andrew was uh, you know one of the best cyclists uh, in the sport in his day uh so anyway i was i was down there i couldn't run so i ended up swimming and biking with andrew while i was down at this training camp came back to uh to Kingston and I was in the same boat and just kept going. And Mm. by the time I was able to uh, start running, it was just a few days before the uh, Canada games trials. And I just could not get my head around trying to do a steeplechase and spikes on, on a foot that I hadn't run for, you know, three months with. So um, instead of going to those trials, I I went and did my first triathlon.
0: And what was Um, that? uh,
1: That was the Smith's Falls triathlon. And, I ended up, uh, uh, inhaling about half of the Rideau canal. <laughs> um, and, uh, so, you know, came off the bike and was just gearing up to start hammering through the run and started coughing up all kinds of weird green goop, Ooh. um, and ended up coming eighth and, uh, Ooh. was very frustrated. And the following week I went to the, uh, street, race in uh, magog quebec and uh, ended up coming third there
0: wow climbing and, up the ladder um, quickly
1: yeah like once i figured out you know <laughs> not to inhale so much water it wasn't so bad and uh um i came um uh second to oh good grief what's his name now um the year before he had represented or sorry came third to, uh, oh, now I'm taking a mind blank, Mm. Uh, a cross-country skier and cyclist. He went to the Olympics in both in 1984. And uh, so he was a a, a machine. Uh (laughs) Anyway, like it showed me that I was um, possibly going to be competitive at tri, and that's what I kept doing. So I did that until I retired in 1993.
0: So what would have been some of your, your highlights as a triathlete? On the athletic side,
1: um, I guess I was second Canadian both times I raced in Kona in '87 and
0: '89. Okay, '87
1: and '89—memorable um, well, years, absolutely. Yes, uh, <laughs> both years I ended up in the medical tent. Oh. Uh, in in a uh, in a uh, cot right next to Mark Allen, which oh. was uh, ugly. <laughs> um, and then uh, probably my biggest win was um, the. Uh, green Mountain steel steel man steel man. uh triathlon mm-hmm. um and uh yeah i set the course record there and uh beat um beat the uh, at that, you know the guy who was at that point ranked number one in the world over the half this season. so that was certainly a big win for me so those are probably the uh the, the biggest, uh, biggest wins.
0: Mm-hmm. So, um, what are you doing to, to stay active nowadays? You're, uh, you're a, a young 50 something year old.
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, celebrated good grief. What is it now? 57 in, uh, in, in May. So yeah, I'm ancient man. <laughs> uh, so yeah, still trying to, I am running is limited. I I'm not doing a whole lot of running. I just basically do that when I'm uh, out working with, uh, athletes I coach okay um but um yeah trying trying to get out on the bike as much as I can and uh, i got a VASA trainer downstairs so I've been trying to uh, keep up with a little bit of swimming on that front
0: mm-hmm. so when you were kind of winding down your career as an athlete was it uh, a straight transition into becoming uh, a writer an editor as part of the magazine or were there some some transition years there so my last
1: two years of racing, I had uh, gone back to journalism school. Ah. And um, so, uh, and actually that, that, that really kind of, uh, so I, I all through it, I was never able to make enough money um, just with racing. Mm. Uh, so I started coaching, yeah, I would say probably 87. I got into personal training and coaching at that point. And that's how I was always kind of uh, helping make ends meet. And I went back to journalism school in 91 through 93, Um, and um, it was, uh, so probably, yeah, 92 was a really uh, interesting summer for me because I'd been so busy with school. I really hadn't been able to do the the same kind of level of training that I'd been used to. Mm -hmm. Um, And I ended up having one of my biggest wins ever that summer. I won the Tupper Lake Tin Man. Oh, Tin Man, yes. Which was an event. Uh, which was an event that I had, like that was my third ever triathlon. Uh And um, I had been trying to win that race. I'd come second, I'd come third, I'd come fourth. uh, I came fifth, uh, I came second another time. I think I maybe came second three times at that event or something. Wow! been wanting to win that forever. Mm -hmm. And uh, in 92, I, I rolled in there and really didn't have the same kind of training that I would have normally because I'd been so busy with journalism school and ended up finally getting the win. And it sort of dawned on me that, you know, the training that I'd been doing had just been so quality oriented and, uh, you know, because of my time commitments. And that really has uh, been the way I've, uh, or really um, been influential on my coaching uh, career ever since then. And it really uh, my coaching philosophy has uh, been shaped through that timeframe. Um, so 93, I finished up, um, and, uh, my wife was pregnant when I graduated at the end of June and, um, ended up doing my last race. Uh, I think it was somewhere in and around July 21st or so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, two weeks after my daughter was born. Wow. So mm-hmm. She was uh, born July 7th and, uh, it was the Sarnia triathlon and I was, um, I had an eight-minute lead, five k into the run, uh-huh. and started to feel my plantar fascia going, Ooh. and had this little debate with myself. So I was um, kind of okay. Do I keep going and win the race and just take the rest of the season off and then get back into things next year, mm-hmm. or do I stop and uh, you know get this taken care of and keep racing this year? And I kept going, okay. um, so I was able to <laughs> minute of decision. Go out go out with a win, but uh, I totally, I just tore my plantar fascia. I couldn't even walk for a few days after that.
0: Go, and,
1: go. Um, a couple of weeks after that, Graham Fraser called me to uh, um, uh, ask me to, you know, if I wasn't going to race uh, at his event, would I come mm. and announce at it? Cool. And uh, then in September, he hired me to be the manager of the Triathlon Pro Tour, and become the media director for the Subaru Triathlon Series. And next thing I knew, I was off. I, uh, I never really got back into racing after that, because I was just so busy with yeah. um, the Triathlon Pro Tour. I um, was freelancing for CBC Radio. I was coaching. I was uh, the media director for the Subaru Series. And then eventually, after Graham bought Ironman Canada, I became mm. the media director for that. Helped Graham form uh, Iron Man North America
0: yeah is and, that uh, spread from Penticton to what was it at the time Lake Placid I think in Florida yep yeah. mm-hmm. Lake
1: Placid in Florida I was involved with getting those two and then Graham moved to uh, Graham moved to Lake Placid and uh, we ended up staying here in Hamilton and um, I uh, in 1999 started working for Iron Man's head office. So started doing event coverage, and then uh, eventually became the uh, editor, and then editor in chief uh, at Ironman. At so, Iron- uh, I was involved with uh, getting what was originally Ironman Live, and then hmm. Ironman.com, and all of that coverage started way back when.
0: Wow! So not only the athlete, but uh, a pioneer in the you know the early days where the sport really expanded throughout canada and the rest of the world
1: yes oh yeah it was it was crazy when i first um yeah, so my first involvement with iron man the first time i ever went to a meeting down there met dr gills was in uh in 1993 you know back then i think there were seven events when i started yeah. working with iron man in 99 i think we were up to 17 events around the world um, by then and um when I left Ironman in uh, I think when did I leave 2015 I was responsible for coverage of over a hundred and forty events around the world like it was wow it was crazy how things grew
0: yeah absolutely so from those you know those original five in Japan Germany New Zealand Canada Kona Australia and then just whoosh and yeah that was uh, probably quite the, a, a heavy workload for you
1: yeah, it was, it was pretty nuts. Um, yeah, for the longest time when I, w- when I worked at Ironman, you know, there were many years that I would cover, um, 18 to 20 events, um, myself. And then, you know, there were other people that we'd be, we would be sending out, uh, to cover some of the other races. And that mm-hmm. yeah, was, um, definitely pretty nuts yeah but uh, a wild ride
0: for yeah. sure so uh, how did you make that segue um because there was obviously some overlap working for the iron man corporation as well as uh you know one of you one of your many n- more recent jobs here at triathlon magazine canada how did that uh, work in
1: so yeah, frighteningly enough, um, I am the uh, the original editor of of Triathlon <laughs> Magazine Canada. So when the guys at Grip Publishing decided that they wanted to expand into um, into another market, they um, they kind of looked and felt like triathlon was a, a good way to go. And at the time, I was editing a magazine for the Triathlon Association here in Ontario called Transitions. Mm. Uh, the guys from Grip uh, approached me and you know, said, Hey, we're, we're looking to start this magazine. And, and, um, so, uh, I, I sort of jumped on it. Like I just, I just loved the, the idea and I was able to, um, uh, you know, sort of negotiate with the guys at Iron Man that I would, uh, you know, make sure that I, I still had some time for the magazine. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've always, um, sort of fit that in. So, yeah, my joke is that I, I, I picked a bunch of occupations that pay like crap. <laughs> and so I had to uh had to kind of put them all together to um to somehow try and put a career together. If you talk to my wife, I still
0: haven't done that. But um in the works and I've been, I've been faking it pretty well for a while. Absolutely. So you you've talked to you know, it's gotta be thousands if not hundreds of athletes you know age groupers uh pros legends um founders of the sport um when you take a look at you know all the people you've been in contact to do you, do you have any favorite triathlon personalities that you've met over the years that you could share some stories about
1: oh uh boy you know the, the thing is that um, and I'm I'm terrible with names, so I'm taking a mind blank right now. But um, one of the there was um, a guy one year I was in Kona, and uh, there was a gentleman who came up to me, and I had got to know him um, through uh, the event in Wisconsin in Madison um, way back when, and um, it was really funny because he he said to me, "Hey Kevin, um, how come you know how do how do us normal people get?" onto Iron Man Live. Like, uh-huh. how, do, how do we get some coverage? Like, you are only covering pros, and you cover, uh, you know, folks who are here in wheelchairs and all right. that kind of stuff. And and he said, how, how about us normal people? And um, so the next day, I uh, I I asked him, I saw him down at the swim again at, at, Dig, me, at Dig Me Beach at the pier, and, and I said, hey, do you have a minute? Uh-huh. Can you come in and, and just have a look at this uh, this story for me? And so I brought him in and he looks at the computer screen and I posted my Ironman life column about uh, a doctor uh, from Madison, Wisconsin, who coaches his uh, children's or uh, three of his children's soccer teams, mm-hmm. um, has a television uh, show on, on health, um, has a uh, regular podcast about um, endurance athletes in the Wisconsin area. And oh, by the way, also happens to be a triathlete who qualified for the Ironman World Championship. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, this is this is the normal person or normal type of person who ends up at in Kona.
0: Uh-huh. And he
1: he kind of looked at me and went, "Okay, I get it."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and you know that that's just that there there are every single um, triathlete I have ever met has an amazing story. Um, and it, you know, it's just sometimes you have to dig a little deeper to, to find it but uh-huh. uh, they, they're all there you know um but you know some of some of the people who stand out for sure uh, you know John rag who uh, uh, just uh, actually dropped some stuff off at, at, at our house and had to do the social distance alone mm-hmm. uh, just the other day but you know I I'm, and I I'm always struggling to keep up I believe he's at 274 um, Ironman races, uh, that he's done. Whoa. Um, you know, he turned 70 this year. Um, his, um, his partner, Elizabeth Modell is out in your neck of the woods. She was supposed to compete in her hundredth event, um, at Ironman South Africa this year.
0: Right. That was uh, a and those two, back. like,
1: you know, they're just unbelievable characters and, and, uh, you know, pretty amazing. and. um, you know it just yeah it, it just keeps going on and on uh, you know i had it was really fun um, over the years interacting with uh, with mark allen you know i remember the first year of iron man niece um, sitting down and and talking with him and uh, doing a, a recording for uh-huh. the you know iron man iron man live coverage and uh, you know i said to mark when did you get to be so personable and such a nice guy? And he's like, what are you talking about, Kevin? I've always been that way. I was like, yeah, no, (laughs) when I raced against you, it was, uh, you know, pretty, but he, you know, he did sort of point out that like he he and I were both joking, uh, Mm. you know, when we were in the, in the cot next to each other in Kona and, but you know, just seeing, you know, and I said to him, when did I see him last year? Um, I guess I saw, I saw him in Kona, um, but, you know, just uh, you know, talking to him about his son, Matt, mm-hmm. um, you know, racing and, and you know, I'd got to see, I'd see him um, racing in Sri Lanka last year and uh, just saying, you know, what a grounded, great guy your son is. And, and it's just so neat to see him in a great space mm-hmm. and to see you in, in such a great space. And, and yeah, it's been pretty cool. And, you know, Dave Scott's another, um, you know, just uh, a legend, really interesting person to, uh, you know, sort of have spent time interviewing mm-hmm. over the years and just and see where they're at. So, you know, I was really fortunate that to the you know, some of the people um, who will go down as the greatest our sport has ever seen and the legends in our sport mm-hmm. came really early and came uh, at a time when I you know, sort of was involved in the sport. So, you know, Dave and Mark and Paula and Newby-Fraser, you know, just unbelievable. Uh, Greg Welch, to, if you ever have time to, <laughs> to hang out with Greg uh-huh. Welch, you absolutely need to do it. The guy is just salt of the earth, one of the most amazing people you'd ever, ever uh, come across. So really cool uh, that I was fortunate to... Um, have started and and been involved in and that our sport is fortunate that from the start Mm -hmm. we had some of our, our, our most amazing people, you know, Scott Tinley, another great guy, Scott Molina, really a cool person to talk to Aaron Baker. You know, she, it was a few years ago when they were inducted into the Ironman hall of fame. I reached out to both of them just assuming they wouldn't know who I was Uh from a hole in the ground And, uh, you know, both responded, hey, Kevin, great to hear from you. So, you know, it's been so long since we chatted. I'm like, holy crap, how does that happen? Yeah, you remember me? uh, Wow. Yeah, and and that's the way these people are. So, yeah, it's pretty cool.
0: Now, um, years later into the game, and um, at least on the, well, you know, I was going to say just on the half Iron Man and the Iron Man scene, but, of course, with our uh, young Olympians coming up. But uh, who are some of your... uh, new favorites up and comers I mean everybody on on the planet seems to be fascinated with this guy from Ontario or formerly from Ontario now calls his home Tucson Lionel Sanders but uh, we know uh, you know it's almost like a golden age of long distance Canadian triathletes uh, both male and female just chomping at the bit to uh, to have that performance in in Kona but uh, who are some of your uh, favorites right now
1: well, yeah, certainly Lionel. Uh, the the world uh, really has taken to him. is It's a, it's an amazing story. I've certainly written tons tons of stuff about Lionel, and uh, yeah, frighteningly uh, frighteningly talented. Hmm. Um, you know, in 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 a, in a different way. So you know, like Jan Ferdano is just you know frightening, you know, scarily talented individual. Uh, I don't know that there's anyone with just more raw talent on the planet, but Lionel has, um, you know, his own talent, but also a drive that is second to none. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: on, on the earth, which is which is really cool to see. And um, yeah, no, certainly. I just it would be so awesome to see Lionel crack Kona. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's done it everywhere else, and yeah. and uh, you know, I feel, uh, you know, David Tilbury Davis. Um, you know, th- 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 back to see them working together again um, is, is really exciting to me because I feel like that is the, uh, is the, the, the little magic mix that Lionel's been missing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like, you know, I think that that'll be a, a very exciting. Um, Cody Beals is another amazing uh, individual, uh, fantastic guy to talk to. And, um, you know, anyone who got to see him race at, uh, in Montreal yeah. uh, the last couple of years. Oh my goodness. Just, uh, you know, really, uh, very cool, uh, very cool to see how, how he's uh, been doing on that front. And, um, Angela Nath, uh, has been really, uh, I've been interacting with her. She's been writing a fair amount of stories for us on the site and, and what an amazing story there as well, overcoming Lyme disease a yeah. few years ago. And, uh. You know another person who's had a long long career in the sport and just seems to be really grounded and in a great space right now and 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 doing super well and um jen and net it was really fun to to see jen last year branching out a bit like i think mm-hmm. she went over to uh to frankfurt um and did her first international event over there and and that was really cool to see and uh, you know
0: so sad to see
1: what happened to her in Kona that last just year. And
0: I mean, she, she soldiered on there for a while, but yeah, that was, and the year previous, you know, not being able to have her best, best race either. Right.
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, Jen is, uh, you know, just uh, such a, such a great grounded person as well. And, uh, you know, you, you know that she's always going to do, do well and do fine, but, uh, it'd just be fun to see her have, have a, a fantastic, uh, fantastic day in Kona, but certainly would be much deserved. No two ways around that. So, uh, very exciting, uh, very exciting there. And, you know, so, yeah, we've got lots of stuff going on yeah. all, all across. Like you, you, look at, um, we got a, a great, uh, little story coming from Matthew Sharp, the guy that we put on the cover of our mm-hmm. May issue. He's uh, written our back page podium just about how this COVID stuff, has affected him as he tries to get ready for the olympics and uh, um you know he's out in victoria now and has decided to make that his base
0: yeah working and, with uh, 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 Lance. that's
1: that's you know he's had to make some pretty big sacrifices excuse me to do that and uh, it's not not easy but you know really cool guy and you know, tyler Mislichuk, unbelievable yeah. uh you know the, certainly uh his race in tokyo last year was a signal to the world that he um is ready to to jump into into the world of the big leagues um and then uh, you know certainly on the women's front joanna brown uh gearing up for the olympics so yeah, Canada's
0: triathlon seemed very, very healthy on, in, on the uh, elite level. Absolutely. So we're looking forward to when, you know, the racing finally resumes and we can uh, see these athletes out doing what they do best. I mean, uh, for the most part, they've been doing a pretty darn good job working social media. I was talking to Brent McMahon a couple of weeks ago and he's, you know, jumping into the fray and he's leading some of the rides on Zwift and he's uh, starting up his own uh program per se on facebook live so he's going to be out there and coaching and reaching out to athletes and you know so stirring the pot but you know in a super positive way
1: yeah brent is another uh, another example of a, a really grounded person it's the thing that i love about brent is his relationship with lance watson you know how the, it's just so rare that you have um, Athlete coach relationship that has you know, gone on that yeah. long and and done so well and you know both great guys which helps and Ooh. is a is a good start um, and yeah the thing with um, with Brent is it just be so nice to see him pop the big one the pop the race that we know he's capable of at one of those big events you know and and uh, so. Yeah, I, I hope I hope that uh, that 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 aligns for him.
0: Mm-hmm. You no, know? well, he certainly has the right people in his corner. I mean, my goodness, his. Uh his uh, partner there in Victoria with him is uh, a nutritionist, and uh, he was telling me some of the wonderful meals that they make together. And it's uh, you know he obviously has the mindset, the genetics are there, so when he can, I mean, not that he hasn't put together an amazing you know uh, list of achievements over the years as an Olympian, ex Terra champion, yeah. But uh, you know to to have his race to his potential in Hawaii would be would be pretty sweet.
1: Absolutely. That's the, the only thing that's missing for Brent is, you know, one of those big days, you know, like you look at, uh, you know, his, his debut, I'm pretty sure it was his debut race in, in, uh, Brazil. Um, you know, which has still gone down as one of the fastest ever debut Ironman yeah. races ever.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, like just amazing. Now, like could that event, could that, have happened for him in Kona, yeah. for sure, a podium performance, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so, um, and that's the, that's the only thing that's missing from uh, from his amazing, uh, you know, resume. Mm-hmm. So, um, and and again, like, same as Lionel getting the win in Kona, yeah. Brent getting the podium, one of those things that uh, everyone who is a fan of our sport, certainly in Canada, would just be thrilled with and, and feel like it's uh, it's just something that's uh, – that's deserved and and would be so nice to see
0: yeah i mean we have to you know break that german stranglehold over there in in kona i mean the aussies have had a bit of a run the americans obviously did in their early days um You know, Peter Reed's been there more than two or three times, so uh, yeah, it's time to get a a maple leaf back on the flag there in Kona. Now, uh, one of the things I'd like to talk to you about, I mean, you've got one of these rare perspectives of having been a student and uh, an ambassador for the sport for for so many years. What do you see as some of the major changes in the sport, whether it's, uh, you know, the people who get into it or the technology or or something that I just can't think about asking? (laughs) Yeah,
1: it's, it's, it's interesting. So the, the thing that, um, the biggest change has just been, uh, as I guess the commercialization of the sport. And, um, so is that a good thing or a bad thing? So parts of me, um, are not crazy about it, which is really stupid because, (laughs) um, that's how I make a living. Yeah. (laughs) Um, right. So, um, you know that, so it, it's totally crazy for me to be upset that a you know that um, big finance wants to get involved with Iron Man and buy the company and and all that kind of stuff because ultimately that uh, should help the sport grow. But um, I think what's um, what we've been missing is that um, a lot of that hasn't been. You haven't seen that spread out so much. And this is what uh, you know, really concerns me through the Covid stuff is that um, we could lose some of our smaller players in the sport, the um, you know race smaller race series mm. that just can't afford to have a whole year of not having any income. Yeah, um, you know, it was it was frightening to me to see when when Roth canceled uh Felix for you know, doing a video saying we need your help. If you guys yeah. don't pitch in, there's a good chance we won't be here next year. Yeah. Um and you know that that's rofe. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, that that's one of the biggest well, the biggest like full distance race in the world. Yeah. Uh you know, you, you've got Ironman that's uh, you know, being sold for uh, what was the last one? $640 million. And then you have, you know, supposedly big events that are struggling to just make ends meet. And so, um, so the commercialization to me has been, uh, a little bit funny uh, on that front. And, um, uh, you know, I I guess for me, I just love to see that kind of be spread out a bit more, but, you know, and, 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 I guess I would also, as much as, you know, don't get me wrong, love Iron Ironman. I you know, certainly worked there for yeah, uh, you know, however long, <laughs> many, many years that was in, in my life. But it would be nice for um, if we could get people to um, accept just triathlon being as big a deal. And, and that's always going to be hard because everyone just, you know, you, you think about, hey, you know, you meet somebody at a party or whatever. Mm. Oh, you're a triathlete. Oh, have you ever done the race in Kona? Yeah. Um, have you ever done that race in Hawaii? And, uh, you know, that it, it is amazing. The Ironman world championship is an unbelievable experience and it's, it's, uh, something that is, uh, a mainstay in our sport, but so too, as Ironman Lanzarote, so too is challenge Roth. Uh, so too are so many other events. Out there and and it's just hard to get that appreciation everywhere
0: yeah absolutely um, how has uh, COVID nailed the magazine uh, obviously uh, the episode or I suppose I should speak in uh, in uh, print media terms a uh, publication was unable to make it uh, to print uh, but what's it done financially and just holistically uh, from from your perspective
1: um, so luckily enough, from my perspective, I, I get the uh, privilege or um, I get the luxury of not having to worry a crazy mm-hmm. amount about that, that stuff. So we got a publisher and an advertising team and, yeah. and all of that who are um, tearing their hair out and trying to make all of those ends meet. Um, so, uh, like for our May issue, as you, as you said, it didn't make it to print. The printer, um, was, uh, was closed in, um, in Montreal and, um, uh, I am under the impression, like we're just getting our July issue together mm-hmm. and, uh, crossing my fingers that that will end up getting printed, mm. but the May issue, uh, we ended up doing digitally. Yeah. Uh, we distributed it to every, to all of our subscribers. Uh, made it available to uh, all of the associations that that uh, share the magazine as part of people's memberships. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, you know that all all went well, and and you know I'm I'm putting together a, a July issue as as if things are normal on my end. Right. Um, but yes, for sure that you know things are things are definitely taking a hit in terms of advertising events aren't happening. Um, you know, companies are out there and, and are pulling back and, um, it is, it's definitely a, a struggle out there, but, uh, you know, we've, uh, you know, went into this in, in as decent shape as you possibly could be in yeah. this nutty publication environment that we're living in these days. Yes. And, uh, the guys have just, uh, you know, I, I just, Every time I walk into the office, I, I you know I just look around at Grip Publishing. There's, mm-hmm. you know, four four different magazines there. There's a bunch of different online sites. I just shake my head and I look at our publisher and uh, and uh, the, the, you know the head of our um, uh, the editorial thing and they just take my hat off to them that they've been able to generate and and keep this business going uh, through all of this stuff. So they're doing a good job so far, and uh, I know that obviously things are not going to be you know, things are going to be a struggle no two ways around it for the next little bit but yeah. we'll cross our fingers and just keep doing what we're doing and hope people appreciate it and and keep supporting us
0: absolutely um well here's just uh cuz we know you're on a bit of a tight uh time schedule here kevin uh give you a couple more questions uh i asked steve brown who you know is still a race director and doing his best uh to keep his events former race director of you know iron man canada so i called it steve's soapbox when he was talking but let's call this kevin's soapbox um what should every triathlete in canada know
1: what should they know yeah
0: from you know this is your opportunity to to educate the Canadian triathlon scene <laughs>
1: <laughs> well certainly the the one thing is uh, I would just love people to know more about what we do and support Triathlon magazine Canada. Um, you know it, it is still i uh, I don't know crazy I did just there are so many uh, people who are kind of one and done or just intro to the sport who aren't aware of what we do and and uh, i'd like to think that we we offer lots of resources and and help to them and but that the biggest thing i guess i would i would love people to know or just it would be great if everyone could do what they can to support every aspect of the sport uh right now and and the biggest thing is with um is with uh, race directors um, and with stores and, and the people who have been supporting our sport over the years. Uh, so, you know, I know everyone's kind of going, oh, there's no races, so I won't buy a bike this year. Well, you know, th- there have not been a whole lot of tri bike sales uh, in this country uh, this year. I'm just working on some stories about that, and uh-huh. you know, every every store I'm calling is saying, "Yeah, I haven't sold a tri bike for two months."
0: Okay. Um,
1: and if and if we want these people to be around when the sport comes back next yeah. year, we need to help them out now. And if yeah. you can, mm. that would be great. Um, and then the other thing is just help the race directors out. Like it just, it makes me so sad when I see people on social media ripping race directors a new one because they, they won't refund their entry fees and stuff. And you know, you got to understand these guys can't Yeah. like, you know, the, the, in February they were paying for medals. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were buying the t-shirts for the races. Um. You know, that, that money gets spent so you know, a lot of these guys, they're hoping that they've got forty percent of their entries ahead of time, yeah. so that they can use that money for the infrastructure to put on the event. Um, when it gets canceled, it's not like they're just walking over to their bank account and saying, "Oh yeah, here's here's your money back." Yeah. So you know, doing what you can to one, just you know, understand, and to support them. It, it was so exciting. Multisport Canada had to cancel their series. This uh, just yesterday. Uh And, um, I was so, uh, I, I was just so thankful to see on their website, them saying thank you to all of the people who had waived the entries, um, that they had already paid this year to, to be able to support them.
0: So there will be a next year. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that there, so that there will be a next year. And, And that was great. And, and I understand if you can't 100%, you know, I, I know there's lots of people who have, Lost their jobs and who are in dire straits right now, and and I get that. Um, if you can't uh, support, you know, don't please don't go, don't don't go without food uh, just to try and help out a triathlon race. But if you can help out, then then please do that.
0: Last question, not nearly as heavy. Um, Something we uh, like to ask all of our guests here. Uh, We'll see where the cards fall. So, Kevin, um, if you could be um, an animal, other than a human being, what kind of uh, an animal would you be? And tell us why.
1: Oh, good grief. Um, Yeah, that's...
0: uh, That would be a very tough that's a tough one for me for some reason um we had uh, Jeff Simons on, no surprise, getting ig- ugly. He chose, of course, a coyote. Uh, we had Brent McMahon on <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. He chose an eagle, which I think, you know, it's funny because I think he's changed the logo on his website now after that conversation. And I think it's got some sort of First Nations uh, eagle perspective. So, and. Yeah, no, those those are great choice, choices. Um, I keep thinking, you
1: know, I've spent so much time. I have not ever spent this much time with uh, with my pooch uh, Mm. Labrador Retriever. I absolutely wouldn't mind um, wouldn't mind being puppy packs. Uh uh, um, So that that's you know pretty cool and um, in a house full of amazing athletes, he's probably the best athlete in our house. Uh Ah, that's something.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you so much for your time, Kevin.
1: Hey, absolutely no problem. I uh, I apologize that I've been so long-winded, but uh, <laughs> wow. thank, you. thank you for the opportunity and it's been great chatting with you, Kevin. Okay, have a great weekend. Thank you, you too.
0: And that's it for another edition of FitSpeak, the Fraser Valley's fitness, wellness, and endurance sports podcast. FitSpeak is brought to you by Wenting Cycle and Mission, your Wenting's Word of the Week is 105. Once again, your Wenting's Word of the Week is 105. We're also brought to you by TriJoy, the spirit of multisport. Whether your goals are iron, golden, or ultra, our low client to coach ratio ensures you get the one on one time you deserve to achieve your potential. It's TriJoy, the spirit of multisport. See the link at the bottom of this page to book your free consultation and goal setting session. I'd like to thank this week's guest, Kevin McKinnon from Triathlon Magazine, Canada, and invite you to check out the website. It's triathlonmagazine.ca. That's triathlonmagazine.ca. For Mikey Ross and the rest of the FitSpeed gang, I'm Kevin Hines. Thanks for listening.